0: They teach us that birth needs medical intervention, that labor hurts, so we wonder why we should go through pain to welcome our baby into the world. Then we hear about obstetric violence that leaves us with a bitter taste birth experience and a feeling that there must be more to birth. I hear all of this, and I believe with all my heart that another reality is possible. That as women, we all have the keys inside us to birth our babies and their placentas. My name is Mags, and with my husband, Keith, we are the Quantic Family. Every week, I get the privilege to sit with passionate people that speak speak to us authentically about birth and the quantic energy around pregnancy, birth, and beyond. My intention is to diffuse their messages to allow you to make enlightened choices that truly resonate with who you are. I see this podcast as a caring and intimate place where you can allow yourself to be who you truly are and reconnect to the power within you to accompany your baby on his journey. I also wish for your partner to find his place in the middle of this transformational process so that together you become the strong foundation of your family. I truly believe that along we go faster, but together we go further. So join us together Let's come out of the belief system created by our society and reconnect with our intuition. Each birth is unique. May yours be truly authentic. What a pleasure to be back with you in this new year 2021. My name is Mags and I hope you are ready to launch this new year's journey towards your true and authentic self. I've prepared for you fantastic episodes with passionate people and surprises are to come along. I am still passionate about birth and the quantic around pregnancy, birth and beyond. Before I leave you with today's episodes, I am so happy to tell you that Keith and I, the quantic, family we've prepared for you a series of f- three free videos to involve your partner in making childbirth an enhanced positive and transformational experience you will find the link to um, this series underneath the podcast episodes and you can also find it in our link tree on instagram and facebook each birth is unique. Make yours be truly authentic. Hello, 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 and welcome to the podcast Authentic Birth. My name is Mags. You can find me on Instagram as the authentic authentic mom. I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> And with my husband, we are also can be found as the Quantic family. I am really happy to be sitting here with Julie Foubert today. Bonjour, Julie. Bonjour, Magali. Hello, good morning. So I am really excited because I really feel our message goes in the same way. Uh, Julie, you are entrepreneur. You are mother of two children. Um, three and seven months, so you just came out of your postpartum, you still were still in it, right? Um, and uh, what I love about you is you feel engaged to change in the world by helping people to reveal their fullest life potential and contribute, and you want to contribute to make the world a better place. And this is such an amazing journey to take and I find it's amazing when it's done around pregnancy birth and parents new parents through your life you are also a consultant in ethical leadership that you'll talk to us about a bit more a bit later you're a former primary school teacher a life skills trainer and a a lead English teacher in a school in Paris that is called Living School. Would you like to tell us a bit more about all this? Because this is such a big profile you have there. (laughs) Thank you so much,
1: Mairelie. I'm so happy to be here with you and also with the people listening to us who I'm really connecting to right now. So hello to all the people who are with us uh, and the people around them as well, and uh, absolutely, I feel so much in common with you, and with so many women and men in this moment who are sharing the their stories of life around birth, around pregnancy. Uh, around their families. It's such a deep topic. So I'm going to really do my best also to give my experience and knowing that everyone's is unique. Uh, Yes, so I I was um, an English teacher at living school and a trainer there for eight years. We can start maybe from there because that's how I arrived in Paris in 2011. So it's been 10 years I've been living in France. I'm celebrating my 10th anniversary of living in France, which feels so good. And I was very fortunate to be recruited by Caroline Sost, who created Living School in 2007. I was in Poland at the time. I was teaching in an international American school there. And uh, and found Living School online, and I just knew it was for me because it's a school uh, a very innovative school in the sense that it really has a global vision of the human being and that means that all of the teaching staff are working on themselves as people and are engaged to changing the world uh, if I really resume uh, it in a nutshell and uh, and it's a beautiful place it's really it's a school for for children and for families and for its staff and that's where I really learned about life skills and that's where I really grew uh, thanks to the trainings I did in ethical leadership, thanks to and, uh and, and I just loved being with children for so many years. And through the process of growing at Living School, we were able to partake in trainings where we would develop our life project. So I was able to do a three-year program called Incubating an Ethical Project uh, while working at Living School as a teacher. So I would go also on these retreats uh, with the founder of Ethical Leadership. Her name is Eder Güt, and really discover my potential and discover also my frustrated potential. And we can maybe come back to that. But um, this three-year program, it opened up many, many lights within me and also uh, awareness points of areas I really needed to work on as a person also as a teacher and it was the opportunity to become aware of my life project that for many years was to be at living school and transformed into working more and more with adults really across all sectors to help them realize their potential and their own dreams so in 2019 a year and a half ago uh, with my partner, we left Paris with Rose, with our daughter, and moved to Nantes. And I'm still very much connected with Living School as a consultant, and I also take care of their communications today. So we're very much a a sisterhood and a partnership, which is also very innovative because in some other companies you leave the company and it's over, and this is not what Living School is about. So, and I know there are many people who are becoming more and more aware of that to keep the human connection. So that's really what ethical leadership is about. I could tell you, I'll let you guide me to know what you'd like to know more about, but that really was such a life-changing moment for me to have those years at Living School, to be in an ambiance of creativity, of of helping also parents to grow, um, because I started um, to join the management staff that teaches workshops in the evenings with parents to help them also have more confidence as parents. To help them overcome things that are difficult because it's not always easy to be clear with ourselves as parents and where we're navigating. And I just that's where I feel I'm really in my place in life and in my element. So that's why I'm I'm on this journey to to be with adults and of course that touches children too. Uh, And so here we are in NALT in 2021 after years of teaching, not just English, but also teaching with my colleagues, teaching French, teaching eco-citizenship, because this is the other pillar of Living School is, okay, I can work on myself, I can develop my potential. And what's that for? It's to contribute naturally to a better world and with the children who have projects about that. And it's really a very special place and exists beyond its walls of its physicality in Paris. Uh, so I feel really lucky, really lucky, really fortunate and to continue on this path today of opening my business based in Nantes that will be international. So this is a step in that direction to be in English, to be here with you. So again, thank you so much, Magali. Vraiment.
0: <laughs> fantastic. So now can you tell us a bit more about your business because you, your passion um, shines through. It's beautiful to hear about schools, especially schools that allow this interaction and to, to to allow like teachers to look after themselves so they can actually give the best then to the children and then hearing that you move out of this company where you still linked and but that link is still strong this is absolutely beautiful that um I read a book once about those saying that companies should really support um your five dreams of life as a person so you would enter that company and you will still follow the person who you are to develop your full potential and you're you're basically saying that this is amazing i'm really this is fantastic um and and you now opening your training center around birth right to support with workshops and to support with uh live training life skill training for people to continue growing this is amazing so can you talk to us about more, a bit more about that please
1: absolutely absolutely thank you so much Magali. and it's really thanks to caroline's vision uh she's a dear friend and she uh was my she is my mentor and she was my direct manager for many years along with other good friends who are also at living school still today and her vision is really to include the dreams of her team and this is very innovative and something that I also want to carry forward so it just goes to show also the impact of one person's position one person's vision can have such a an impact so sometimes in life when we think oh what can I do at my level I can't really do much we really can do more than we think. We can be more than we realize sometimes. Um, so to answer your question, yes, about my business, I am an entrepreneur. It was very new for me to embark on that journey a couple months before COVID happened. So when I arrived in Nalt, uh early 2020, it was I was in front of this journey to, to start my business and I needed to take time to also make the transition from teaching many years Uh, To then, now, myself being the the carrier of the project and, and what I was going to create. And so I would say it was also a blessing to have this time where during the confinements and during the challenges that we were so many to live, I really took time to feel and really ask myself, okay, deep down, what do I really want to bring into this world? And... It's not always been easy, and I'm very grateful to continue to have uh, mentorship, and and I continue to train myself uh, as a consultant. I feel that's really important for anyone who's coaching, who's consulting um, people about their their lives and and where to decide to go and what to do, Um, and... It's come very clearly to me in the last few months after giving birth to my second baby. I feel I've let go of some subconscious. um, I'm kind of thinking in French. Sometimes I'm seeking my words because I have my French brain also that's coexisting with my English brain, uh, with English words. I I feel that after giving birth to Noah in December, right before Christmas, uh, I really let go of some insecurities about what I want to create. And so beyond birth, it's really an interdisciplinary center I want to create to help uh, anyone from any walk of life in any sector to realize their potential and realize their their dreams, really. Uh, It really comes down to that because I'm very passionate about birth. I'm a young mother. I'm very passionate about education as I am a former teacher. And so I bring that into my experience. And at the same time, the methodology and the universal approach that I'm trained in can really speak to a painter, an artist, a manager, uh, an entrepreneur. It's really meant for everyone. It's very inclusive. So I feel that it was this part of myself, this insecurity that I was having that kind of created a comfort zone of, okay, I've worked with parents, I've worked with families, so that's what I'm going to do. That's what I know how to do. And my mentor and my trainer, Edel Gut, she has continued to help me to stay open and really truly envision a larger scale of what I'm able to do. And I really feel that. So I'm in this moment now where I've integrated that. I'm so happy to be on the path in the next few months to opening my business, to opening this center. It's going to be a training center and online with also time uh, in person based out of NALT. But my goal is to really travel the world and to be in touch with all different kinds of change makers. And for me, you're very much a change maker, Magali, with what you're doing. And so I feel that's also why we have this common ground. And even the people listening to your podcast, birth is an entry point, right? Literally for all of us, it's how we arrived to the world. It's an entry point. And at the same time, the goal is to speak different languages, uh, so to speak, cultural languages, physical languages, and to include everyone. We really need to get the message out. I feel to everyone that we all have potential, every single person on this planet. Uh, And I've learned that from my mentors, and it's something I'm ready now to share.
0: We all have potential, potential and uh, we were talking about it. You know, it's how, how do we get to believe in the power of the infinite potential that is in us? And therefore what can we do around birth so you said that you're going to spread it much bigger than birth birth is an entry point for everybody and for your business too and for you know i, I fully hear that so on birth on your experience what because you've had two births mm-hmm. what has supported you in going towards through the process of welcoming a a new being in your life and in your family life?
1: That is a great question. Uh, I feel I've had two very powerful experiences really related to the inner work I did before getting pregnant. So it's great we've talked about living school because since I was in an environment surrounded by people who were very conscious already. Um, And consciousness is something we can come back to. Maybe it's a big topic, but what I mean by conscious is already identifying with their potential every day. That's the environment in which I became pregnant. And I had seen my dear friends and, and colleagues have their babies and give birth, uh, the word "naturally" is also something up for discussion, right? But um, give birth without medical assistance—we'll say it that way—to really be in a non-judgmental
0: space. Physiological, uh, I use because physiological is the is the exactly. term that exactly as per physiology.
1: Exactly. So physiologically, given birth to their babies, some with medical assistance, some without, and yet the common. The commonality was non judgment of all of their birth experiences. So I had the sisterhood around me and had that example. And I really felt that the trainings I was participating in, that I was given the chance to participate in, made such a difference because even though our bodies know how to give birth, and I'm not saying a woman. Who's listening to us needs to do these trainings to be able to have a positive birth experience. That's not at all what I'm saying. I'm just saying for me, it was so helpful to clear fear blockages and to feel really strongly identified with my potential because I was able those days where I brought my babies into the world to let go and trust my body and trust my potential and trust my babies to be born. So That was the biggest thing. And that's the biggest thing I want to share is that it's paradoxical because this is a podcast about birth and it's so important to have these spaces and hold spaces to talk about these really important issues, especially today in the 21st century. And at the same time, it's paradoxical because women have been giving birth for millennia. And we know how to give birth. So if there's one woman who hears this and if there's one thing to take away from what I want to share today, it's you know how to have your baby and your baby knows how to be born. And you don't need to listen to anything or read anything or overthink it. Because let me tell you, for my first baby for Rose, I believe I was up to over 30 consultations. I was on it. I was in a very much a fear-based uh, space. Sometimes, I so I needed to do massage and I needed to do acupuncture and I did books and I did meditation and it's great to be proactive. But when I look back nicely about that space I was in, I really feel it was a little too much, you know, a little too much. And for my second baby. It's a different experience, right, for mothers who maybe are in their second pregnancy. It's a totally different experience because you've been through it once, so there's less fear. Oh, so I really enjoyed that second pregnancy even more, uh, even though I enjoyed my first pregnancy with Rose. And I just feel like around birth, that's what I want to share, especially in France, is to enjoy yourself as a pregnant woman, enjoy the space you're in. And really trust yourself and your body and come back to trust, to come back to your heart. Because if we listen to our bodies, our bodies are talking to us, they're telling us they know, and our babies know they're wise beings. So we don't need to look so much into the mental space, right? Of understanding, okay, why am I feeling this? Why it's happening? And of course, this is not diametrically opposed to the medical profession, and this is what I tell a lot of pregnant women I speak with, you know, you know what you need, and if that's a midwife, if that's, that's a gyne- gynecologist, if that's, you know, you know, and so there aren't any rules that, I'm not about rules or dogma, I'm really about openness, and also gently guiding women to come back into their potential to themselves. If the, again, if there's one thing to take away, that's what I would love for every single woman on the planet who's pregnant right now, if they felt their potential inside them, I'm sure their births, no matter what would happen, would be smoother, easier, with less pain, less suffering. And that's why I feel we're we're really working towards everyone who's talking about birth and innovating around birth. Uh, And birth is a, uh, it's a hot topic because we were all born, right? We were all born. So we can all have an opinion about it. And that's, what's wonderful across all sectors again. uh, So it's something that I'm really happy to talk about. As you can hear, I have many things to say about it, but I am also, I'm also interested to hear more about your experience um, because also with a third baby and with just so much, but I feel we have common ground about this potential.
0: I find that's very, what you said was very interesting. Um, And it's all the paradox again, about our life, um, about this need to go back into who we are from the inside while we're pregnant um, and and trust our bodies and, and go back into that. And as we can say, we know how to birth our babies. There are so many beliefs in our cultures in the cultures we're in, in the society we're in, and our eyes face often the outside and we are brought up thinking that the power lives outside of us. And you said it very clearly for you there that you were in an environment of sisterhood, an environment that was non-judgmental, an environment that would support you with your choices and this is also a very important thing i think and i would love you to to tell us a bit more about that because yeah you need to go back into you but you also need to be aware that your environment has an effect on this well-being that is yours absolutely absolutely it's very
1: powerful when there are And this is what's great about seeing potential in everyone. There all of a sudden is less loneliness because before we talk about environment, I feel it's important we mention this period of confinement, this period of pandemic that has brought up a lot of inner, how can I say this? Uh, Inner positivity and inner challenges for many people being confronted with our own selves. It's not always been an easy journey for many people and environment becomes the home and it becomes our immediate relationships. And there's less interaction perhaps with colleagues or with the people we would interact with uh, pre-pandemic times, so to speak. So I feel that that is essential to be able to, you know, if, if, you're feeling isolated. If you're feeling lonely. If you're not sure about, um, you know, where to ask questions. Uh, there are many groups out there today. Women's groups and parent groups. I would really recommend that because uh, I was able to have the experience physically for my first pregnancy, and then I had the experience, quote unquote, virtually for my second pregnancy, where two out of my three trimesters were during confinements. and. Luckily, there's the power of technology to be used for good. I really believe in that. And it's not because I participated in certain meetings and certain online circles that the impact was less. It was still very much present. So, Because I know sometimes people are a little fed up with online experiences, and I really understand that. And at the same time, they really fed my soul and they really helped me. For example, I had an online baby shower with these many of the same women who are my dear friends so we were all on zoom and at the same time it fed so much Uh, it gave me uh, nourishment to my potential and to be able to feel strong heading into this second birth and and let go of some fears i was having and just have that connection with them Uh, it was very powerful so the environment it, it transformed it was different it wasn't in the physical space it was in the online space, and yet that's the beauty of, of our connection, of our soul connection. As you guys know very well, you and your husband, the Quantic family, it was the Quantic connection with, with those women. And, and even with my parents who live in the US and my father who lives in Australia, I'm very connected to them, even though we might not see each other every day. So this is something I, I feel is really key about environment. And maybe just to finish to answer this question about the power of environment, Um, you know, Michel Audin, who many listeners might know already, I had the opportunity to attend his seminar just uh, last week in Paris, Um, and for those listeners who might not know who Michel Audin is a a very well-known doctor um, and uh, surgeon, uh, pioneer in France around Uh, natural birthing environments. He has studied this for many years. He's dedicated his life to it and he lives, he's based in London, but, um, and he's written many, many books and it's been a true pleasure to, to start collaborating with him as well. And he speaks about the power of environments and how it makes direct impact on how women give birth because we all have the same universal needs. And this is really the core of what Living School is based on, what many of the businesses based on ethical leadership is is all about, that our universal and fundamental needs as human beings are the same. That's the essence of what universal is. I know I'm a little bit redundant, but it's just to hone in on the point that we are one. We are one and we all have the same basic needs, including babies to be born and women who are pregnant. So the more we can be surrounded with people during pregnancy who are respectful of that, I feel the, the better our births will be uh, and our babies will be able to come into environments that are that are full of love and that say to them, you did it, it's worth being born and it's the world is a wonderful place to be born. Uh, so that would be my recommendation around, around environment. The, the modalities are infinite, we can create them online. We can create them through conversation. We can create them with ourselves independently, and uh, and we all
0: have the creativity to decide
1: what's going to be best for us.
0: Absolutely, and at the same time, there are physiological needs that universal needs that all women have, and it's how you combine that. You know, yes, you decide for yourself. You decide where you are on your path. And at the same time, maybe you get some information because I know this having information, but not too much information. How much do you do? It's finding the balance between the doing and the being. And, And that is the same all life, I think. But how much do you know about physiological birth? Okay, it's a natural process. You know, your body can do it. But if you're full of fear all the time, fear of who you are, fear of, outside of you are you really in touch with your full infinite potential that is lived inside you so what can people do on the daily basic basic to 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 get more in tune with their inner power this is a great question
1: i i feel we could do another episode just on these daily daily rituals i'm all about rituals i love rituals and I really recommend just really quite simply, if you have the desire to identify with your potential, you can do it, you can be it. So I feel that it's really about creating quality time with ourselves as human beings and making decisions that we want to make happen. Because if we're really honest with ourselves and we say, I don't really want to do that. It's it's not going to happen. So I would say on a day-to-day basis, it's, it's about coming back to, okay, what do I really want for my life? What do I feel I want to live in this experience I have on, on our beautiful planet? And the first thing is to really know I have this infinite potential within me. And then from that, there are so many different Areas we can explore personally. I can give you some personal experiences that I cultivate. Uh, One that I learned at Living School that I continue today is the success journal. So each week I fill a success journal with my successes. I like to do it on Fridays because I do it over the past week and it kind of sets the tone for my weekend. Um, But again, it's really open, it's just my experience, but it's about sitting down and with a really simple notebook with open pages and the act of writing instead of being on a phone or computer as well connects with the body, connects with the the spiritual side of things, if I can say that, not in a religious way, but just with the, the side of spirit. With we We also have minds, we have spirits, we have souls. So writing really cultivates that. So just saying, okay, this week, if I look back, what do I want to celebrate that went well in the week? It's just really as simple as that. And it's simple and it's a challenge at the same time. It does require having enough uh, self-love to see ourselves as beings who succeeded. And we all have weeks where we've succeeded in some way. So, you know, if you're not sure where to start, someone who's listening, you can open up a new notebook and say, I succeeded in opening this notebook and just give yourself the time you need to, to To go through it and to create a ritual from it. And that's a way of nourishing your potential and giving yourself self-love because if you don't give it to yourself, it's gonna be a lot harder to give it to your children, to your partner, to uh, your colleagues, to the people you meet in life. Um, you might feel you're giving from a good place. And of course, consciously people are doing the best they can, of course, but on a deeper level, if we skip the step of doing it for ourselves, it's not gonna be as powerful. It's not gonna go as far. And and it's, it's a shame because we have this potential to do so. So I would say the success journal is a big one. Uh, moving our bodies more, getting in touch with our bodies. Again, putting down our phones. Uh, in our house, we have a no phone zone. So in the evenings we put all technology away to be connected with each other. Uh, It, it, again, it might sound simple, but it was a bit of a work in progress for us. We really, we identified some, you know, phones had really become a part of our way of being and it wasn't okay. So we talked about it with my partner, Alex. We talked about it and we were kind to each other and we give each other a little mirror. Sometimes we say, oh, no phones on. And then we come back to, so having playfulness about it too. It's not going to be from one day to the next, a huge repositioning, but just I love um, a woman named Brene Brown, who many, she's very well known in the US and, and all over the world, but she's a, a psychologist and researcher, and she's done a lot of studies on vulnerability. And she talks about how little hinges, the parts that open doors, little hinges swing big doors. And I love that she says that because sometimes it's a small repositioning that will open up a new area. And the no phone zone for us, that was a huge one. So. Identifying with your potential, cultivating a success journal or or a success ritual, having breaks from technology, and moving our bodies, getting into our bodies, especially before giving birth. Oh my goodness. Listening to your body. If you can cultivate every day, even if it's just five minutes, sitting down and breathing consciously. I used to have um, an alarm on my phone that said, stop, breathe and drink some water and I added identify to your potential in my mind and it would be crazy because I would see the alarm go off on my phone and I would literally go and I would realize that I'd been in kind of an apnea, and there are many scientists and researchers out there who confirm this that we're, we don't breathe enough anymore uh, and there's so much pressure to perform and go 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 and I fall into that too sometimes I'm really honest about that with myself. And it's just about taking, that's why rituals are so great because they're there to to help us in moments where we feel really good and to fall back on. So I would say ritual and, and breathing, it sounds really simple I feel when I say it this way, but sometimes it's the simplest of actions that make the biggest differences, especially before giving birth. Um, and you don't necessarily need a class on how to breathe. It's just practicing that breathing. And of course, if you do a breathing class that many midwives provide, and in the US there's Lamaze, for example, of course that can be complementary with a daily breathing exercise.
0: (laughs) Voila. It's very interesting what you're saying about the simplicity. It's kind of going back to simple things. They seem obvious, but it's not because they're obvious that we're actually doing them exactly it's obvious that we are mainly made of water but are we really drinking enough water every day it, this is this is why i feel sometimes you know your message is beautiful yeah put a few routine into place use technology for good things put an alarm on because sometimes because we are being taught to be in action all the time and we forget to do this little simple things that makes us feel so much better when we do them and yet we continuously forget on doing it but this is what is it is to be a, a woman a, a, a woman i wouldn't i came out but a human and and, and it and it's how we allow ourselves to just go hey i forgot about this hey that's okay I, i'm exactly. just gonna going to do it now and I'm just going to remind and I'm not going to blame myself you've been talking a lot about Mm. non-judgment I think um, it would be lovely now if you if you spoke a bit more about your leadership ethic because um, I I feel that is that non-judgmental universal way of being that as you said very much when you're about to give birth you need connection with your body but all your life because your body Mm. is your vehicle it's here so can you, can you tell us a bit more about um, ethical leadership? With pleasure,
1: with pleasure, Mangeli. I feel that what you've said is really important and I really feel our bodies are our temples. And this doesn't come from me, it comes from you know really ancient ancestral knowledge. And it's so true what you're saying that our bodies Know so much, and our subconscious is also carried in our bodies, and this is why birth is such a, a fascinating doorway into how human beings can evolve, because it's where it all starts, and it's a constant circle because the mother is the carrier of the beginning, who also inherited her own um, experience and. I really feel that that's what ethical leadership was created by Edel Goethe to answer to. Um, she created it as this universal approach to answering the basic and fundamental universal needs of everyone. And she's really the source. Uh, and, and many, many tenants of the pedagogy she has created are also interdisciplinary with many other Uh, approaches, and again, ancestral knowledge, and that's why it's very powerful because it's very inclusive. Um, So if I take each word, if we take ethical, ethical is a charged word today in our society. It's a word that many people have different interpretations on, and I completely understand. Uh, For example, my father, he was an ethics consultant. He worked in hospitals helping families in very dire situations, having to decide, for example, if they should take their child off of life support or if they should leave them on life support to live a bit longer, very, very difficult situations. Um, So I grew up with this notion of ethics for me being doing what is right in the world. And then behind that, there are different subjective interpretations, but if I come back to ethical leadership, ethics in that sense is really about embracing and responding to the fundamental needs of all human beings. And it attracted me because I had this background, this childhood, where I kind of knew I had some ideas of what ethics meant. And I heard the word and my mother, she was an English professor at the university level uh, in the US in Nebraska. And, and I saw what she was doing in the world. and and. And even when I was little, she had, you know, um, she would get these calendars from a community of Native Americans uh, that she supported with donations each month that went to helping the children who were growing up on um, what used to be called reservations. Uh, It might still be called that today. I'm not sure if that's the politically correct word, but... Basically, the point was it was a charitable donation and and the company was really good at giving feedback of photos of the children and they would make calendars. And I remember this as a child, seeing these letters arrive into our home and knowing that my mother was, you know, even though she was a single mother with two young children, she was still finding ways to contribute to the world. So I had this within me. And then when I saw this presented at Living School, I felt such a relief, like, oh, I found this commonality and uh, that connected with my personal experience. And so if we take ethics as that definition, ethical meaning, really embracing everyone, embracing our universal needs as human beings with leadership, leadership being it's the person who's going to innovate, right? It's the pioneer. And which is a great word in English in the U.S., evokes, you know, the pioneers went out West. And I know that French uh, culture really likes this legend of, you know, going out West in the U.S. and the, the, the roots of the United States. And and it's something I love too as, as a native uh, from the U.S. And uh, it's just about creating new spaces where we create new solutions where there was suffering before. That's what it's all about. So it's the person who's going to to really overcome difficulties, overcome challenges, overcome those limiting boundaries to answer to the call of suffering in the world. So we're a a team of, of many different individuals, different companies, and I'm a living example of someone who started out in an ethical leadership company living school. And then through that grew and I'm now developing my company. This is the wish. This is the goal is that everyone can realize themselves to contribute to the world. It's not uh, a personal development in the sense that, there's really that connection with the wider world. What's the contribution that I want to bring. And honestly, the desire comes naturally when we work on ourselves internally and we feel, Oh, I have this potential. I had never heard that before. I, and I'm from a, an American educational system where I know from a French perspective, there tends to be the idea that, that we're kind of the cheerleaders like, and it's a little too much sometimes and they're not wrong. Um, because there's also pressure that comes with that to perform and be first and competition and be the best and that kind of thing. Um and ethical leadership is not all about that it's really about complementary cooperative unique talents and there's space for everyone everyone we need everyone we need everyone realizing their their dreams because the world would would be so much better off. So I'm so excited to talk about it. I feel as I'm talking about it, it's, it's really something that makes me so happy because it's not about a dogma. It's not about, uh, you know, if someone listening. It's not about doing years and years and years of work before living your dreams. It's just knowing that there is that space out there. And if someone is interested, it's open um, and it's universal. So it's like Michel Audin, when I was listening to him, it spoke so much to what I've learned with Edel Gutt, because she is all about the universality of how we are one, and Michel, he was talking about speaking, uh, you know, when he says speaking, he means it in the way of interacting, interculturally, embracing everyone. He kept saying birth is a cultural issue. It's not a medical issue. It's, it's about culture, which is why your podcast is so important. Podcasts are so important and platforms are so important. So I would really encourage, you know, anyone who feels that, that inner light within them really listen to that and going back to our rituals, you know, cultivate silence, cultivate spaces where you can really listen and create that space for yourself. Because before giving birth, that was, I know that I went into those spaces too. Um, and uh, and that really helped me. So I could go on for a long time about ethical leadership, but I feel like I've given a a good global vision of it um, in terms of just the interdisciplinary nature of it. It, That's really its goal. And it's something that's already changed millions of lives all over the world because it's been introduced uh, with the United Nations, with World Bank, with different development organizations because there are companies working in, for example, Reforestation, sustainable development. There's a company based in arts and dance and joy, and joy is with everyone. But (laughs) that's one of their main tenants: education, industry, consulting. So we're really all very unique, and there's space for everybody. Just like physiological birth, there's space
0: for everybody to have the birth that they desire. Truly, truly, truly. That's a beautiful message. Thank you for that the the fact that we are unique and and we are all here because we've got something to bring to the world is such an amazing thing to realize and and develop our full potential and and why not use this pregnancy to go a bit more inside who you truly are to actually see some part of you because when we're pregnant the, the this this other being inside us allows us to be more in touch with our subconscious and it's how do you create this moment of your life to make it an opportunity to grow you as a person to be even more in tune with yourself to support the journey of that little person that little soul mm-hmm. that has chosen you on its mm-hmm. way and uh and i asked you for a quote so um do you want to mention this quote from Antoine de Saint-Exupéry? Do you like me to? Say? Oh, I love this
1: quote. Why don't you say it, Magali? You say it so beautifully.
0: It is only with the heart that one can see rightly. What is essential is invisible to the eye. I love it.
1: Mm, yes. I learned this in high school from a French teacher who was French-Canadian, and it changed my life. Reading The Little Prince, Le Petit Prince, it was a very life-changing read for me, and it really spoke to, you know, what we say in French often, it's la petite voix, the little voice that needs to become the strong voice within us, and... And The Little Prince, he, he is such a great read. For those listening, if you if you haven't read it, I highly recommend it. It's so deep. It's a very deep uh, work of literature. And uh, my literary heart, because I studied literature in college, French and English literature, and Antoine de Saint-Exupéry, for me, he also unites what I love about French and American culture together. And reading his work in English and in French has been very healing for me to have the, the two cultures cooperating together and, um, and and I love that a lot of wonderful women and people working around birth, um, I'm thinking a lot about uh, Karine, uh, the woman who has created Quantic Mama, um, a wonderful birth uh, center and knowledge place and sharing space and i've i read that uh, in her writings as well about making what is invisible visible and this is what also ida gut she has also taught me and and really making what counts the most and what is most meaningful visible which is listening to our hearts and listening more to why we are here what is our purpose in life and and when we are pregnant, I completely agree with what you just said. It is such an amazing opportunity to to really let our potential become even more alive and to shine and to be strong. And I keep repeating the word strong because there is kind of a paradigm around birth that can be subconsciously handicapped it can be a a handicap to many women that, that you need all of this extra stuff. And I don't say this with any judgment for any woman who feels, for example, she wants uh, to have the epidural. That's her choice. That's her choice. It's just to say that the culture of fear around birth is present and it's important to be conscious of it so that we can move away from it if we desire to do so. Um, and I love that, to come back to Michel Audin, I love that he talks about how the question isn't epidural or not. It's, have you had some contractions or not? Have you had a chance to be in labor or not? Um, because that makes a big difference for the baby. He talks about how the perspective often is from an adult perspective. We think with our adult minds and our adult you know, neocortex way of functioning, But who's, he's one of the first philosophers and scientists to talk about what is the baby's perspective? You know, if you're in a wonderfully enveloped, just perfect space, and then all of a sudden, it's, you know, screeching sounds around you, blinding light, freezing cold. If you really plunge into that experience for your baby, you might feel things shift within you of how you want to bring your baby into the world. Because we're seeing this this higher and higher rate of cesarean births. And it's a real issue for humanity because something Michel Oudon points out is what will happen to the human race if we are being born without our natural hormones of love. right? And a lot of people talk about oxytocin, this is a big one, we can talk about you know other endorphins, and I don't. I won't get into that. It's not my specialty. The science isn't my specialty, but uh, the the observation of it of human psychology it definitely is, and that's why it's so, in my eyes, so important to cultivate physiological awareness. This doesn't mean forcing yourself or having an outer reference point that might put pressure on you. Maybe there's a woman out there who has lived trauma and she's putting this immense amount of pressure on herself to have a physiological birth. And maybe that's not her path. And that's okay. That's okay. I had a midwife say that to me when I was nine months pregnant with Rose and I was putting a lot of pressure on myself. I wanted to have a physiological birth, I had a session with her, she's also, she's a wonderful midwife, her name is Hélène Chaléva. She's based in Paris. She's also um, a chiropractor, an osteopath in French. So she has this wonderful interdisciplinary way of helping pregnant women. And she said to me just really simply, you know, Julie, maybe you'll have an epidural and it's okay. And when she said that to me, I just, Oh, I just let go. And I, I felt so much less guilt about no matter what was going to happen. And I really just connected to the fact that I know how to bring my baby into the world. And I, I let go of the modality and what's going to happen is going to happen. But I know that I'm healthy and my baby is healthy and knows how to be born. And one of my dearest friends, Mika, who I'm sure will listen to this also one day. So this is a little moment for her. She was my my big sister uh, and she gave me Ina May Gaskin's Guide to Natural Childbirth, but she gave it to me in such a way that was so open and she didn't give it to me saying, make sure you read this and make sure you read the natural birth stories and (laughs) no, she gave it to me with love and and it was her her copy i remember it was dog-eared and it had you know wear and tear and it had been passed through hands of different women and that's what i loved about it was that she brought me into that village that so many people talk about and it wasn't hours and hours of a masterclass of how to give birth it was in a simple action of giving her dear friend a book and so ah oh, it chokes me up to talk about it because she she made such an impact in my life and uh, and we have that power as women within us. So I i have taken a long journey. I've taken a river of, of different uh, paths here to answer the question about, you know, culture and environment and and the quotes of Antoine de Saint-Exupéry. But all of this is coming back to making the invisible visible and talking about it is one of the great ways as well so that's why I love that quote so much and thank you for the space to share this
0: thank you Julie the episode is now finished I really hope you enjoyed it this podcast is here for you please contact me to give feedback, suggestions and themes that you would like that we discuss. You can find out all the information from my guests and my contacts in the text underneath the episode. I believe that it is together that we go further. So please help me to connect with a maximum of pregnant couples to support them in their enlightened choices go on Apple Podcasts, find the podcast Authentic Birth, scroll down to the bottom of the page and find the section Ratings and Reviews, click on the number of stars that you would like to give to support the podcast. Five is the best to diffuse the message further. Looking forward to seeing you on the next episode. And in the meantime, Look after yourself. Each birth is unique. May yours be truly authentic.